the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Our prayer warrior, Dan Simonek, said as he was praying over us behind the scenes before the show began, he said he and a friend were praying over the show, and me and they said, uh, he prophesied over me and said, you need to roar like a lion. And I said, okay. And so here we go. <laughs> Rah! I have to laugh because, you know, God is, you know, we're, we're used to being the sheep in the fold, basically. And things are transitioning right now, and we have a lot more power and freedom. And God's saying, okay, lamb is okay, but I also want you to be, the scripture says in, uh, in Genesis uh, that uh, Judah has his lion's whelps, and the lion's whelps are little lion cubs. And uh, that's us with the lion of the tribe of Judah as our, our great leader. And so he wants us to be able to discover our own calling and to kind of be kings and priests in this earth. And so more so than ever before, I think we're carrying that mantle and we're discovering that's what we're really called to be. You know, we're going to have such a great time on this show today for Come Together San Diego. You know, we do things on this show. A lot of times they're kind of far reaching and we look through a telescope of what God is doing, not only in San Diego, but also across the United States. We have broadcasts uh, coming from Israel as well. So we really take a a long-distance look at things that are going on. But sometimes God calls us to look through the, not telescope, but the microscope at the inner workings of what he's doing. And so that's what we're going to do today on Come Together San Diego. The first hour, I can hardly wait to introduce you to my co-host and guest for the first hour. Uh, You know, we are Come Together San Diego the ministry outreach that he does is in Utah and it's called, get this, Standing Together Utah. So when uh, Greg Johnson's mutual friend and uh, and my mine, uh, Jim Garlow, realized that there were some common denominators, Jim told both of us, he said, I want you to meet Greg. Greg, I want you to meet Kaz because there's a lot of things that both of you are doing that need to have uh, airtime, so to speak. So without much further ado, you know I'm going to do a little ado here and there. But without too much further ado, I want to introduce you to Greg Johnson. He's in Utah right now, and he's got an outreach ministry called Standing Together Utah. Greg Johnson. Hey, Greg. Hey, Kaz. Thank you so much for uh, bringing me on your show. And we both refer to Jim uh, uh, Garlow as the general. So uh, that's what brought us together, too, because we have this common affection for the leadership of Jim Garlow. Yes. Well, you know, we were, we were really privileged to have him all to ourselves for a while uh, when he was a pastor yep. of, of, of Skyline Church in La Mesa. And then he spread his wings and, uh, you know, doing his thing uh, with more of the broader government-related things. He's a CEO and founder of Wellversed Incorporated, which really takes the government, not only of the United States, but other governments as well, and uh, introduces a scriptural... Uh, 
precepts to them. A lot of them have never heard these things before. So we're, yeah, you and I are both I, honored I, to know this guy, aren't we? Sure. And I would say that, uh, you know, as Jim, for a much longer period of time, I pastored at a local church level for about nine years here in the Salt Lake City and Ogden and Utah County areas um, as a local church pastor. But my passion, uh, even as a local church pastor, was to see the pastors work together. And so I was always involved in the corporate expression of the body of Christ here in Utah to gather us together, to have outreaches that we could only do together using our resources, our finances, our prayers. And so it just became natural that uh, in the early part of 2000, 2001 is actually our birth date, our anniversary date, when we launched Standing Together, and I left the local church. And so I welcome Jim Garlow to the parachurch world where uh, he can be like a a spiritual entrepreneur (laughs) and really focus in on what he's most uniquely gifted and passionate to do, he and his wife – are so passionate about serving the the body of Christ in that arena, and, and we we have the privilege of doing that. Yes, so, yes, uh, yes. Uh, I understand that. So you know, I I check his Facebook posts, and he does them sparingly sometimes, but they're always well focused, targeted. The, yes. One of the most recent ones I saw is when President Trump made this declaration. He's saying, you know, what's going on in some of the uh, gubernatorial the gubernatorial perspectives on you know, letting people go back to work. He says there are some that exactly. are just literally restraining the uh, introductions of churches back into society. And so Trump made a very pronounced comment that uh, no more. These are a vital part yeah. of life. And he had a, a post that uh, he, he and a bunch of leaders were actually praying and talking together on a Zoom thing. And one of the, one of the you know, he, he doesn't deal with only with the smaller guys like me. He also deals with the big, big peeps. And so they're talking and one of them has to say, excuse me, I got a phone call. And the phone call was from the president of the United States in the middle of the zoom call. And then, so Garlo was just saying, and he just told the pastors, he said, uh, I got your back, go do something. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. great. So, well, and every state is different as we know. I mean, here in Utah, we are, uh, we do, we have not had, you know, excessive, uh, deaths or cases, uh, as other parts of the country have, certainly you in California are facing a much more draconian kind of uh, uh, style of lockdown. Uh, Utah has never been fully locked down, and uh, we got word early on. In fact, uh, God allowed our ministry standing together to network with our larger evangelical churches and have direct access to our governor, uh, to our attorney general. They took our counsel. They took our input. Uh, We worked with them kind of step by step. And we've been in what is called the yellow. We have a coded, a color code here in Utah where from from red to orange, orange to, uh, to yellow, and yellow to green. And green is uh, basically normal, and we're in yellow. And uh, churches have been uh, encouraged and permitted to, you know, while practicing social distancing and being careful and sanitizing between services, to, to meet for several weeks in Utah. So we've been very thankful that we don't have a, uh, you know, a, uh, kind of adversarial relation with our government. Frankly, we have a, a collegial and a, and a partnering kind of relation. We're very grateful for that. Yes, and we really need to be praying for our governor here in California. <laughs> He's got a different mindset on churches, sadly. But uh, I think it's coming through. I think it's coming through. So you guys are meeting. You know, uh, a, you're you're going to be continue. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I have a very good friend who's an Orthodox priest down in the Riverside, California area. And he has, a, you know, uh, he has dubbed himself with a new name. Uh, instead of, of being Father Josiah, which is his name, 
Uh, he said, uh, you can just call me Father Non-Essential because my <laughs> governor doesn't think, doesn't think I, I really matter that much. So I, I kind of chuckled at that one. Yes, but I think, don't you think that God is really on the move in the midst of this thing, which the enemy meant for evil? God is going to say, oh, yeah, look what I can do. <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm, I really have great high expectations for the coming Sundays on uh, what God is going to do as, as, as a springboard uh, rather than a muffle. I think so. I, 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 you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but I know that many of our churches in Utah and we've been, uh, we literally formed what is called the virus response team on the last Thursday of the month of March. And we have been meeting by zoom with about 15 of our largest churches. And, uh, of the eight meetings we've had, I think we've had six state officials. Uh, we worked, uh, this last Thursday, in fact, just a couple of days ago, we had the director of our uh, COVID-19 task force, the former National Guard general of our state is heading that up right now. But like I said, we had the lieutenant governor on. Next Thursday, uh, the governor of Utah, Gary Herbert, will join us as well. So we've been given really strong uh, opportunities to work with our leadership. But then we they've listened to us and we've said, you know, the idea of waiting till September or possibly even, you know, beyond September, because if the quote unquote virus has an uptick and there's new cases that they might get more nervous again. But we've said, basically, if you will respect us, we will honor the, the, the guidelines, the, the, the health and safety standards, and we will respect those. And they have come alongside. And, and you know, Utah is a unique place for many reasons, but we evangelicals in Utah do, do receive and are afforded by our state leadership, which is oftentimes members of the LDS faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or is commonly known the Mormon community, they are very strongly pro-religious freedom. So we we enjoy that privilege here in Utah with them. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm excited to have you with me uh, comparing notes for the full hour, and I, I'm very pleased that God did, did that. And it's not surprising to me that God will stir other people with the same heart cry as we have here. You know, the name of this show is come together, San Diego, but the, in San Diego yeah. itself, we, we have other venues that are really pulling the church together Two in particular is a, a, an entity called unite San Diego. And every, every year we have 40 days of hope where we have people coming together throughout the different church community, uh, you know, pursuing God and evangelizing and things like that. So I, I'm excited that you're going to spend the whole hour with me. My listening friend, we have Greg Johnson as our co-host on this first hour, and he is the president and founder of Standing Together Utah. We're going to continue uh, sharing our notes, but we're also going to see, I'll uh, talk a little bit about the development of the unity movement uh, in the body of Christ in Utah and compare notes on how God is doing that in San Diego as well. So Greg Johnson, hang in there with me because we've got the full hour to uh, un, uh, un, un, pardon the pun, but unmask <laughs> what God is doing <laughs> in San Diego you know, and Utah. Yeah. <laughs> so join us for the next segment and beyond as Greg Johnson uh, president and founder of Standing Together Utah, and Kaz and the team with Come Together San Diego, we will do some unmasking when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Yes, indeed. And I am back. You know I'm back. 
because you're hearing my voice right now. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Hey, welcome back to Come Together San Diego. This hour's co-host is a, a, a power powerhouse named Greg Johnson. Uh, he's the, really the founder and president of Standing Together Utah. And uh, good to have you with me for the whole hour, Greg. Glad to be back. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let me let After me share. I, I want to share kind of the the beginning uh, uh, structure of what God did in San Diego County back. Actually, it was before 2003, but 2003 is really a landmark. And I want you to compare notes against how he did this here in, in San Diego County with what's going on in Utah, because I'm sure there's going to be some common denominators, but because it's different people in the helm doing these things, uh, he kind of customizes it based on the demographics, the geographics, and the actual profile of his churches in a certain area. But in San Diego County, we had been known as a as a group of people that had great disunity. In fact, Billy Graham came before 2003, one time before, and there was such disunity, he said, I'm never coming back again. But then he was <laughs> encouraged, shall we say, from some of the San Diego leadership, Jim Garlow among them. And uh, so he said, okay, I'll come back again. Well, what happened the second time through in 2003, it was one of the biggest Billy Graham crusades ever, multiplied thousands of people in this, what was then the Qualcomm Stadium, multiplied thousands receiving the Lord. And, you know, I was I had a chance to be part of this as uh, administratively, and it was remarkable. And then I, I sensed that, especially when I could hear different uh, denominations as I walked on the catwalk around Qualcomm Stadium, the different people and their music style singing the same song. It was remarkable. And I said, this is a, one voice of many waters going on here. And I, I mm. experienced that uh, continually beyond then. In, in, in Through the years, we did have done 24-hour uh, work at worship uh, throughout San Diego County, but it hasn't been just one church. It's been a conglomeration, literally, of churches all over the county. And that's one of the things that really seeded unity here, because, you know, when you've got a worship team from XYZ Church and a worship team from another church, and their denominations are so diametrically distant from one another, and they're fellowshipping with one another and worshiping together 24 hours a day, you know, in a day, all of a sudden, you know, the denominational monikers go away, and it's now one body of Christ. So that, and prayer warriors as well, and pastors as well, I think that's what really started us off. How about you? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great um, short expression of what was happening in San Diego, and uh, ironically, uh, there's some real similarities to what happened in Utah. And I know that uh, our good friend, we were talking in about him before, but I just got a text from Jim Garlow, the general, and he said that he was hopping on the program. So we want to greet uh, <laughs> Pastor Garlow if he's listening uh, and thanking him for his influence and in getting us together. So want to do a little shout out there. But uh, going back to our Utah situation, af- after having pastored in Utah, for nine years in three different local church settings, one as a church planter and founder, and then twice as a senior associate to a, a long-term successful pastor. Um, in those three cases, each and every time from 1992, when I graduated from Denver Seminary uh, to about 2001, I found myself always engaged in what the church was doing collectively in Utah and being kind of one of those young associate pastors and church planners pounding the drum that we we needed to come together because of the unique situation in Utah. Now, I was 
raised in the religion of the uh, state of Utah, which is known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the LDS faith or the Mormon faith. Uh, so I knew that culture and I knew that religion. And I also knew that it was born out of, uh, according to Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, his testimony was that all the Christian churches were fighting each other and debating one another and arguing with one another. And, and his whole question as a 14-year-old boy was, which church should I go to? And supposedly prayed, and he was told to uh, um, uh, go and pray and, and have an ask of God. And he looked at James 5, 1, and, uh, or rather 1, 5. And, and uh, as this moment happened, he felt that all the churches fighting against each other meant that there could not be uh, the body of Christ on the planet. And so he <laughs> you know, moves forward with starting, quote-unquote, Mormonism. I would say, and I would contend in our time, Chad, as that um, – that many times we've given the watching world uh, a good excuse to wonder how effective we are at being one body in Christ yes. when we do conflict with one another and argue with one another over doctrine or even pettier things. So I in Utah was saying to a lot of my pastor friends, you know, we're just too small as a body to have the influence in our state. You know, even to this very day, and I think it could take this back to about 1900 or earlier, Utah is one of the least evangelical states in the union with only about two to three percent maximum population attending the evangelical church in our state. And we're a state of about three million people, just a little bit more than that now. So literally 60 to 90,000 people in our state would go to an evangelical church. And if we don't work together, if we don't stand together, uh, how much influence are we going to have? So uh, there were three specific things that happened right at the beginning of the ministry. And one was uh, oddly enough, the uh, 2002 Winter Olympics. And we we decided collectively as a group of pastors, even as I was in transition of leaving the local church and starting standing together, that we have to use this worldwide event to come together and reach citizens of the world who are coming to our state and not just let Mormonism with all of its influence have have uh, an opportunity to influence many visitors from all around the world, but we needed to do that. So we partnered with the Southern Baptists, the Assemblies of God, uh, you name it. The denominations were coming. We were hosting them. We were working with them. We were praying together. We were strategizing together. So the Winter Olympics was particularly important. Um, then there was, and it's uh, certainly timely to share this tribute, uh, the coming of Rabbi Zacharias. Uh, yes. He, he he had been a friend of mine uh, since 1991 uh, when I met him at Denver Seminary, and he had come to Utah in 1994. And as we began standing together, I felt that he would be just an excellent opportunity to come to Utah, bring all the pastors together, all the churches together, and we had over 50 congregations support (laughs) the endeavor of bringing Ravi in in 2004. And that is where history was made, because Ravi was the first pastor, evangelical pastor, or or speaker even, to preach in the Mormon tabernacle on Temple Square in 105 years since the last one did it, and he happened to be known as— by the name D.L. Moody. So Moody in, in 1899 and Rabbi Zacharias in 2004. So you have, you have the Winter Olympics of 2002, you have the Rabbi Zacharias uh, event of 2004, and oddly enough, 9-11 plays into this as well, Kaz. My. Let me just say this real quickly and I'll wrap it up. Because at that time in 2001, when our nation was attacked, uh, through uh, 
pastor connections I had in California, I was invited to join uh, with the Salvation Army and go and serve as a ground zero chaplain. And on the very first day, we were in Brooklyn, and we were at the we were all gathered at a church of a very prominent uh, pastor in Brooklyn, Dr. Bernard, African-American pastor. And we gathered 400 strong pastors from all over, chaplains. What should we do? We were within probably even uh, shy of two weeks since the attacks on 9-11. And there was much discussion on what the body of Christ could do to make an impact during this time. And uh, there was much discussion about this and that and all these big endeavors. And I was sitting there confused as a, as a guest uh, wanting to serve the people at Ground Zero, being a chaplain there uh, for the first responders. And finally, at the very end of the meeting, an older gentleman, an older pastor said something, and he whispered it to the guy next to him. And that man stood up and said, a word from the Lord has come. We need to hear this man. And the word that he said is, you know, whatever you guys want to do, I'm in. I'm just a small pastor of a small church, but I'm really concerned about something. I think that in the hour of our city's greatest need, we evangelicals are largely unknown and for the most part irrelevant. My. And I vowed to myself, went back to Utah when I was finished, and I said, pastors, we cannot be irrelevant or unknown when disaster strikes Utah. And COVID-19 has been a perfect example. I just said earlier, uh, before the break, that the governor, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, the leadership of our state has come to the evangelical community and I'm so proud of the body of Christ coming together, and it's not easy, and there are always no. challenges. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't easy. And, if, <laughs> you know, I... We're really catalytic. Yes, indeed. And I have to give high acclaim to a longtime friend of both of ours. I call him General Jim Garlow. goes by Dr. Jim Garlow. <laughs> what, whatever he goes by, he, he's a remarkable guy. He's a CEO and founder of the Well-Versed Incorporated uh, Outreach, basically communicating... Uh, to governments around the universe about godliness and scripture. So that's really great. But, you know, you're talking about you, you had a 9-11 thing and you had the um, the Olympics and things like that, which command attention there. And, you know, yes. we have similar things. In, in, in California, we had the, the fires. The fires were just okay. devastating. Yep. And then a group of San Diego pastors, Jim Garlow among them, began a thing called the Rapid Response Team. And so that was another thing where churches all gathered together to kind of go out and uh, to uh, rake and sweep through the rubble and help people restore their lives. So I, I tell you what, in the midst of the enemy going, ha ha, gotcha now, God's saying, right. oh, no, you don't. Watch, watch what I can do. So we're going to talk well, some more about this. You. Okay. Because we're, we're running out of time in this segment. Oh, but, uh, gotcha. Okay. I'm, 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 sadly, I'm constrained by the clock here. Uh, but yes, I, yes, yes. I appreciate you joining with us for the whole hour, Greg Johnson, of Standing yep. Together, Utah. And uh, we'll talk more about this as uh, as we continue. And my friends, don't go too far from the radio because we will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hey, my friends. Back again with co-host Greg Johnson of Stand Standing Together Utah on a show called Come Together San Diego. What are the odds in that? <laughs> We're going to continue comparing notes on what God is doing to bring his church together, not only 
in in the United States, but also more globally because he's doing it all over the globe as well. And it's, sometimes he uses uh, urgent things or even things that uh, are, uh, what, what do we want to say, uh, uh, devastating, devastating, like earthquakes or hurricanes or things like 9-11 or things like in, in, in California, the, you know, the fires that are going on. He uses these things and the enemy says, I got you now. I'm going to show tremendous disunity in the midst of this. And what God almost always does is he brings people together who have made a commitment of having uh, a relationship with the Lord. And, you know, talks about you will love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. We don't get the second part very well. We can do because we, you know, there's no way that somebody can clock you and say, oh, you're not loving the Lord, your God. Oh, yes, I am. But it's really easy to see whether you're loving your neighbor as yourself. So God's been using these situations where our neighbors are in distress and coming alongside showing God's love and grace and mercy and salvation happens as a result of that. And my co-host for this hour, Greg Johnson of Standing Together Utah, is seeing similar things there as well. Greg, what I'd like to do, are you with me and ready to go, yes? Yes, I'm here. (laughs) You know, we talk about uh, the examples of unity, and we'll continue talking about them in this segment. But I also would like to be just transparent and honest here that there are enemies against unity as well. So I was Mm -hmm. wondering if you'd like to chat a little bit about that from your observation from Utah and, and talk about how the enemy has a plan, but, uh, you know, um, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise a banner against him. So what is that looking like there? And the enemy thinks is going to snuff out God's church as, as you know, the, these most recent things with the uh, COVID virus saying, oh, no, the churches, you, you can't have church anymore. But this is going to boomerang and it's going to become a real big springboard to unity in the body of Christ because we're getting together. What are your thoughts on that as far as enemies of unity? Well, I want to first of all just thank you, Kaz, for getting the name of our ministry correct, Standing Together. Um, I have a beloved father-in-law that lives way up in Sacramento, and he's a dear, dear, dear man. And he has often said, I want to tell you about my son's wonderful ministry in Utah called Standing Alone. (laughs) And I say, now, now, Gordon, it's just the opposite. (laughs) So... Sometimes. But, you know, really what you were talking about is what Joseph had to tell his 11 brothers way back in Genesis chapter 50. when They stood before him not knowing who he was. And after he announced it, he said, what you meant for evil, God has meant for good. So when they threw him into that uh, pit and when they sold him off into slavery, they thought uh, they were going to be done with him. And uh, their jealousy had reached this fever pitch and they just sought to destroy their own brother. But God brought him second to Pharaoh so that he could save and rescue not only the land of Egypt, but also the land of Israel and uh, through his great strategy. And, and so I think the same thing applies today. What the enemy has meant for evil, a destruction of our economy, uh, maybe attack on religious freedoms, uh, things that are going on in our society right now, the secularization. The enemy thinks he's really got the upper hand, that I am confident that our God is going to take that which was meant for evil and do it for good. And yes, that's yes, the promise yes. that we have in the New Testament. So Romans eight twenty eight reminds us that if we love the Lord, uh, he will use all things and, and bring them together for good. So I, I think what you're saying there about our circumstances are true. And even some of our critics and criticism, when, when Ravi Zacharias 
received our invitation to come to Utah and preach for the first time in 105 years in that Mormon tabernacle, you would have thought that would have been the greatest idea in the world. How in the world could we ever pull that off, right? Well, God <laughs> pulled it off, yes. and the critics, the critics rose up and said, this is terrible. The Mormons are going to use this against us. They're going to try to associate with us as evangelical Christians and act like we're all the same and there's no differences. And I used to tell people, I said, first of all, Ravi is a superb Christian statesman and gentleman. He's not going to come and offend uh, those who have opened up their facility. But don't you think for a minute that the man called Ravi Zacharias is going to compromise in any way, shape, or form? And and the message uh, that that is there, that, that he came back 10 years later and did it again, and these criticisms came up again, that somehow this was a compromise, that this this building bridges idea, this unity, not not of theology, but a unity of relationship and a, a kindness, just honoring First Peter 3.15, to yes. give an answer for the hope that lies within, but doing it with gentleness and respect. So when those criticisms come, and believe me, they come, they're hard, they come from pastors, they come from people that should be on our side, but they come with a, with a certain kind of a punch to the, you know, kind of a kidney punch sometimes, you don't see it coming. And you just have to be faithful and say, God, this is your battle. This is your deal. If you don't want Rabbi to speak in the tabernacle, if, if uh, you know, this coronavirus or whatever's going on. But as believers, we can rise up in faith yes. and say, it's the Lord's battle. The battle belongs to him. You know, some trust in chariots, some trust in, <laughs> trust in Psalm 20, but I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord my God. Yes. You know, I, as you started talking about this and you're using... Uh, Joseph in Egypt as an example, and I, I, I'm, I'm a, I track that story very closely because I think that is really pivotal, pivotal on what God is doing in the United States and elsewhere as well. And when you talk about um, that which the enemy means for evil, God will use for good. There's another scripture that Jacob, when he's got some of his sons back with him and they are trying to figure out how they go a second time to get more food, there was a comment that uh, was observed, and that comment was, that Joseph had said, unless your brother is with you, you will not see my face. And to me, that is really a, a, a real uh, directive for us right now. Here we are, you know, there's a, a, we say a famine in the land right now. There's a, a virus in the land and we are seeking God's face. And God's message is similar to what the message was to Jacob and the tribes, and that is, unless your brother is with you, as in Benjamin in those days, but now it's whoever yeah. that may be, your brother is with you, you're not going to see my face. We want to see God's face, and he says, that's not going to happen because there's wealth and riches here that I have ready to give you, but I'm not going to give it to you in the abundance that you are expecting unless you uh, and your brother is with you, and then you will see his face. So any further yeah. thoughts on that? I mean, we are right in the thick well, of this. Don't you agree? Agree, uh, Greg Johnson? Oh, I think so. And again, I think when when you are doing the Lord's work, you're gonna you got a target on your back, and the enemy is going to come against you like a flood, and he's going to try to take you out. And believe me, I I know it. I have experienced it. I've been discouraged by it. I've been depressed by it. Yes. But again, the Lord is always faithful. Uh, I love the quote. It goes way back to a good old preacher by the name of Vance Havner. Uh, I share this with your friends, uh, your listeners. Um, uh, to be encouraged by, because it's a great, great unity quote. He said, you know, Christians like snowflakes are frail. <laughs> but when we stick together, we can stop traffic and shut it down a city. Yes. So if you live in a Utah environment, that makes sense, because, you know, you have a snowstorm, 
and all of a sudden you can't get out on the roads, you can't get out of your driveway because those little teeny tiny frail <laughs> snowflakes have all joined together and created a massive city shutdown. So my, my. Um, I'm I'm of the mind to say let's let's learn from God's nature and creation and stick together to be a force for His kingdom. And what you have to do then, uh, to quote the old uh, story from. Uh, Miracle on Ice, the great story of the 1980 Olympic hockey team, we have to care more about the name on the front of our jersey than the name on the back of our jersey. The name on the back of it is our own personal name. Oh, I like but it. the name on the front of our jersey is Team USA. <laughs> and when we start thinking about Team Jesus more than Team Lutheran or Team Assembly of God or Team Wesleyan or Team whatever, uh, we're going to be more effective at reaching our communities with the transforming power of God, because Jesus already promised in John 17 that if we're one, the Father will convince those that are listening and looking at us that he sent his son. Yes, That's yes. John 17, 20, and 21. Yes, yes. So I, I think we should stick together like snowflakes and I love stop it. the traffic, and I think we should come together and know that God is greater than the critics and the criticism. And, you know, when Rabbi, Rabbi we were privileged to have Rabbi in Utah four times. And the last time he was here, we didn't think it was going to be the last time, but it was in December of last year where he met with a Mormon apostle of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, someone he had been investing a relationship with, he and his wife, with this apostle and, 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 and his wife. And we went to and had a beautiful dinner together, and we went to a big Christmas program with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And after that night, I took uh, Ravi back to the hotel, and Ravi and Margie and my wife Jill and I were talking, and Ravi said, I, I shared some things that I was discouraged by. And he said, oh, Greg, he said, I wish you could see it from my perspective. I just see the things that God has allowed you to do, and I am so encouraged. And, and don't give up. Don't grow weary. Think of all the missionaries around the world who served Christ for years and years and years, never saw a single convert. And then somebody else comes along, and, and all that field has been plowed up, and all those seeds have been planted and watered, and the harvest comes. So yes. it doesn't matter what your part of the process is. You be faithful. Yes, and let God get all the glory. Yes. Talking with Greg Johnson, he's the president and founder of a wonderful ministry ministry in Utah called Standing Together Utah. And I'm going to just give a real brief comment here, and I'm going to ask you to spend, as we approach this break, spend about 30 seconds when I hand the baton to you to kind of pray over the listeners and declare into them this kind of unity that God wants us to have. My listening friend, what a wonderful analogy uh, that uh, Greg Johnson gave about, and we really are in many ways, <laughs> the Christians can be snowflakes in many ways, you know. And I, I, you know, in a way I'm teasing around a little bit, but look at an individual snowflake. We know that every snowflake is unique, and we can so become so engrossed in how unique we are, we forget about the value of joining together one with another. And while you, one snowflake can't uh, stop transport or, 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 or do anything significant individually, but when we all adjoin together, the whole identity of our individual snowflake goes away, but the power, uh, you know, God says, I'm going to give you the mystery, tell you the mysteries of the snow. And this is one of the mysteries of the snow, that when the snowflakes get together, I'm going to give you an opportunity, take 30 seconds to speak into this to our listening friends, and we're going to come by, right back after the break, if you'd be so kind, Greg Johnson, of Standing Together, Utah. Let's pray real quick. Father, we are asking you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are asking you to allow us in San Diego and in Salt Lake City, in Utah and California, to be the whole church, bringing the whole gospel to the whole community that we serve. 
We know, God, that we are simply one church in each and every region, and we are simply meeting in various locations. And so we would ask you, God, to bless the unity of the church in California, in Utah, in Salt Lake City, in San Diego, and do a great thing to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And Greg Johnson of Standing Together Utah and Kaz and the whole team in San Diego County called Come Together San Diego. We will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Hello, my friends. Back again for the last segment of the first hour of Come Together San Diego. Our co-host guest is Greg Johnson of Standing Together Utah. We've been comparing notes and uh, amazing the common denominators, but also the bigger picture that uh, Greg really brought to fore in the last segment, and that is God really wants his body together, and it's not our individual skill sets so much. We have them, and God's going to use them, but it's our uh, uh, accumulated skill set. The Bible talks about the voice, one voice of many waters joining together. And I'll tell you something, there's something to be said for the power of a raging river, and that is uh, very in very many ways, what his body of Christ can be. Greg, it's good to have you for this entire hour. We're in the last segment here, and we've had to truncate it a little bit because we, you know, Kaz was verbose and carried the last segment a little longer than I should, but that's okay. We have a, n- a number of minutes. What, where would you like to go on this segment here uh, to draw things to a close, maybe have people find out more about who you guys are and how we can pray for you and so forth? Greg Johnson. Well, I can tell you this. I can't believe we're almost out of time. You know, we, uh, this hour has gone very quickly. You know, um, we were talking about some of the challenges. And, you know, sometimes, particularly as we look forward and, and try to have the, the eye of God on this, uh, we, we know that unity matters. We know that, that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12 that uh, we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. We, we know that we all can't be the eye. We all can't be the ear. We all can't be the nose. But when we all play our part— in the body, we work effectively, and we do all the things that the body needs to do. So we need the servants, we need the leaders, we need the givers, we need everybody coming together. But, you know, sometimes I think the biggest challenge for unity, and I, and I challenge our younger leaders that need to come into a new awareness of the importance of unity, not because they don't believe in it in a practical way, but they're not engaged uh, enough in it. They sometimes think it's the it's the work of the older or mature pastors that will be involved. Um, <laughs> younger pastors sometimes are, are uh, you know, they're church planners. They're, they're very visionary. They're very entrepreneurial. Uh, and sometimes they don't take the time uh, to gather, to pray together. And, and we haven't really mentioned this over the last hour, but how critical it is for God's leaders to be in fellowship with one another and praying together. Because in that cross-pollination of the of the older pastor, the 50-year-old pastor, the 60-year-old pastor, and older than that, meeting with that 20-something pastor, that 30-something pastor, and investing their history, their knowledge, their seeing God be faithful over many years, they both can be blessing each other. The energy and the excitement of the newer and younger pastor, the older pastor being invite, revitalized by able to mentor and teach the younger pastors. But I do think our younger pastors need to make a renewed commitment because sometimes it's apathy or busyness or many demands and many responsibilities that kind of crowd in on this important area. But we know something, Kaz, and I know you believe this. 
Psalm 133 says not only is it how good and pleasing it is when brothers dwell together in unity, and that includes sisters, but there at the very end of that small, small little psalm, verse 3, it says, and where the spirit of unity is, there the Lord will command a blessing. Yes. I am confident that if we don't come together, we're not going to have the impact. We're not going to have the transforming, powerful impact. But when we do come together, like the snowflake, we will see traffic stopped. We will see impact, and we will be relevant. We will be known to our leadership, our community. It's remarkable. Like I said, the, the Attorney General, the great Sean Reyes, the marvelous young Attorney General for the state of Utah, came to me at the beginning of his term, and he said, Pastor, will you put together an evangelical task force of pastors that will meet with me four, two to four times a year that I can just interact with? Now, this is an, a Latter-day Saint uh, gentleman with, by his own faith. But I said, why would you want an evangelical group, uh, you know, General Reyes? He said, because I know you guys, you have such passion, and I want to be able to bounce off some ideas, particularly about issues we're facing that are moral, trafficking, mental health, suicide. I said, Mr. Attorney General, you ask and you shall be given. (laughs) Uh, We have been meeting with him faithfully, and and it's it's a wonderful thing that when we come together— God commands a blessing. I love that so much, Greg. That's so, that's so true. And I think very profound statement and observation you gave here. A lot of times we get, you know, there are a lot of ways to segregate a church or a body of Christ. And one of them, uh, it can be the different denominations, but it also can be the age groups. And this is one thing I, in particular that I think God wants us to focus on. It's the Bible talks about the young and the old together and turning your morning into dancing and taking off your sackcloth and things like that. But here's what has has to happen. The young and the old together have to take advantage of this. Like I, it just brings to my memory, yes. Joshua and Caleb entering to, into the promised land. They were the old guard and they were leading the young guard, but the old guard couldn't do it by themselves. But then again, the young guard couldn't do it by themselves, but together, not only one with another, but all the tribes together could uh, take the land. And here we are, an opportunity to take, quote-unquote, the promised land, get it, uh, God's will restored in the United States of America and elsewhere. And the only way that we can take this land is one with another with our Lord as the captain yes. of the host. Uh, so yes. we've got a couple minutes here. I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to set the leash free <laughs> and let you run freely. And you can scream and Whoa. yell like your hair is on fire if you want. <laughs> I won't do that. I won't do that. But, you know, not only do the younger and the older pastors need to know each other and be praying together and engaging one another, uh, in Utah this whole year, in concert with the emphasis on the year of the Bible, even though this has been a, a so you know incredibly unique year, we have incorporated the public reading of Scripture into every one of our regional pastors' meetings. We have uh, a northern Utah, a Salt Lake City, and a Utah County pastors' meeting once a month, and we have public reading of Scripture. We let the Word of God be read to us dramatically from uh, the Bible app, the public reading of Scripture. Then we just go right into prayer. We don't get prayer requests. We do scripture-fed, worship-based, spirit-led prayer, and sometimes we'll go 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and we only have an hour and a half to meet, but we will take that time. And that, that richness of fellowship, that richness of focusing on the Lord um, has really been a blessing. And, and there is another challenge that I think it's important to, to be candid about. Too, too often the case is that the, the larger ministries, the larger churches, because they're so big and have their staff and, and all of their responsibilities, they, they sometimes don't uh, engage with as, um, 
as often as I would like to see uh, the middle-sized churches and the smaller churches. And we really need to bring together mm. the young and the old, but we need to bring the diversity in the Ooh. body of Christ, the, the, the larger pastors and humble enough to meet with the pastor of a hundred-sized church versus a thousand or five thousand-sized church and, and come together as shepherds. So I that's another big passion. I, I closed with this illustration. When I start, first started standing together, I was in a prayer group with a, with a pastor brother from the, the country of India. And uh, I was telling him about our ministry and asking for prayer. And, and he said, may I give you a caution, pastor? And I said, sure, sure. I didn't know this man. He was a new member of our prayer group, but he was there on the Lord's assignment, I can tell you, because what he said to me was, be careful that as you pray for the Lord to bless the fruit of your garden— that you don't just pray for your garden. Mm. And why should you? If you will pray that God will bless the whole city with rain, then not just your garden will grow, but all the gardens will grow. And I said to the pastors, that's brilliant. You know, we sometimes want to pray that our church will grow or our church's ministry impact will grow. But if we just pray for all the churches and all the ministries that are lifting up the name of Jesus, then the reign of God's blessing will come and it'll bless us all, the little churches, the middle-sized churches, the larger churches. But there needs to be that humility and that willingness, like that Indian pastor said, to not just pray for the reign of God's blessing over your ministry, but to pray for it across the board for any church that's lifting up the name of Jesus. They may be more charismatic than you. They might be a different race uh, community than you. They might have different styles and different traditions. But if we are preaching Jesus, then we are all on that same team, Team Jesus, and the name on the front of our jersey means a whole lot more than the one on the back because we're going to be spending eternity together, so we might as well get with it right here on planet Earth. My, my. Words of great, great wisdom. Greg Johnson, CEO and founder of Standing Together Utah. What a great time we spent t- together right now, and it just kind of opened the door to other things in the future as well. God bless you, sir. And uh, Thank you. What, what an anointed, uh, inspired voice and the, the, your last statement was something that we all need to take to heart so thanks for joining me uh, uh greg it was a pleasure you know up next my friends pray, we're going to take pray for utah we are we'll pray for utah indeed you know we talked about right. uh, taking the uh microscope to what god's doing in in unity in his body we spent a little microscopic time in utah and we're going to continue our microscopic view in San Diego County as we take a look at what God is doing in the military community in San Diego, which is a military town. And we're going to see how God is planning to bring this group of people who may feel like they're a little out of the flow in San Diego to get them right into the flow of what God is doing here. So my uh, my co-host for the second hour and producer Alex Bush is going to join me with a very special guest, and you're going to get some revelation of what God is doing in the military here in San Diego County when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Hey there, my friends. Yes, this whole show is dealing with not the telescope looking broadly at what God is doing in light of unity, but the microscope looking deep within. Uh, We've looked into Utah and what God is doing there. And now we're going to look at what he's doing in San Diego County. And one particular facet of what he's doing in San Diego County is really tied to the military. And we know 
San Diego is a military town. And so when my producer, Alex, one of my two producers, Alex Bush, came to me and said, we really need to do something about the military. I said, okay, Alex, you tell me what to do and you'll be sitting in front of a microphone. That's what I do with, with the people that work with me on the show. I say, you got an idea? Bring it, to, bring it here and we'll come together. San Diego. Oh, that's the name of the show. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> How are you feeling? Uh, I'm doing well, Kaz. <laughs> I actually I had a carefully crafted word of rebuke for you, but then yeah. you, you cut me out from under the knees. So now. Yeah, I, I had written down here, uh, yeah. uh, Alex is a former Marine, and I know uh, when I, when I did that, I said, I can't say Marines don't like to be called former Marines. So I asked him in the, in, in the break, <laughs> how do I change this? He goes, call me retired Marine. But he was upset because he showed me in his notes he was going to reprimand yeah. me for saying that. I should have just set you up. Just, oh, no, <laughs> former Marine. You know, and then on there, you know, would have been good sound bites for later on. But <laughs> you you know all about, uh, as a Marine in the Marine Corps here, in the Marine Corps here, you know about people coming in here and how yes. kind of, you're, you know, anybody who's been transferred to a an unusual area. San Diego is an unusual area. Absolutely. They yes. need to become acclimated and it's easy for them to say, okay, there are little strip, strip joints all along there and, and bars and cocktail lounges all over the place. You know, they can get acclimated the wrong direction. Yes. But people like you and the person you're going to introduce to us on this show have a different heart for that because we know that many people are coming like from Midwest areas and they actually have a foundation to some degree in God, godliness and yes. the Lord, but you need to get them steered in the right direction. Talk, talk to it briefly and then introduce our. Absolutely. Our, yes. Co- and, and I guess, and for, for the record, I can't take credit for any of this. My, Every single idea that I have is unoriginal. It either comes from the Lord or it's a movie quote or something that I heard in a song someplace. Uh, uh, but it, it's something that, in, admittedly myself, I kind of take for granted. Being in a military town, we're just they're, they're here all the time. We're familiar with it. But we forget that these are people that come from yeah, all, all walks of life, yes. all other areas. So I, I think the—I don't, I don't want to say that we're unappreciative, but we just— Unaware. We just, we just, sure. We're just kind of unaware of it. Yes. So, enter Pillar Church, Oceanside, Pastor Trace Martinez. And I've known, I've known Pastor Trace for, at this point, over 20 years exactly. now. Was he in the time. Marine Corps with you? We, we served in the Marines together, yes. Uh, I see. So he was is, he at your wedding? He was at my wedding. He was, okay. my, he was my best man. In fact, he, I picked him as my best man because just seeing him and his family grow and thrive, they really, he really set a good example to me as to as the family life and what that should look like. Yes, beauty, beauty and warts and all. <laughs> so he is the pastor of Pillar Church up on Oceanside, and it's also not his idea either. It's part of and Tracy. Speaking of words of correction, you can correct me if I'm wrong. On air rebuke, uh, <laughs> started by a gentleman by the name of John Ransom, who is doing church plants in around military bases, not just here in San Diego, but all throughout the world. So well, now it's your obligation as a co-host. Your obligation now is to introduce our call-in guest. Oh, so introduce our call-in guest. That's right. So <laughs> uh, let me put on my Kaz Taylor voice. So my listening friends, I'd like to introduce you <laughs> to our call-in guest is uh, uh, Pastor Trace Martinez of Pillar Oceanside. Trace? Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Hey, Trace, how you doing? Lay it on him. He needs, to, <laughs> he needs to be corrected severely. Good to have you with us, Trace Martinez. It's good to be on with you guys. And yeah, I'll hold off a little bit. There, there's some review coming, but uh, I'll, <laughs> Fair I'll, enough. I'll ease into that. I'll ease into that. Thanks for having me. Well, oh, it's Lord, a pleasure. Lord is not mocked. We will reap what you sow. So 
So Trace, tell us a little bit about uh, Pillar Church Oceanside, and it's and I was I was there for the beginning of it, and the Lord kind of called me elsewhere. But uh, there was the Praetorian Project. Is it still called that? And what's what's the idea behind that? Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And uh, like like everything in the work of God, there's there's so much bigger than what's going on in front of us. And so this work actually began in 2011 with some guys out in Northern Virginia, uh, right outside of the Marine Corps base Quantico, where they train, uh, train all of the officers mm. for the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. These guys were non-military affiliated, but they, they kept seeing this major shift of people coming and going and coming and going. And they were moved by God to say, you know what? We're missing an opportunity here. Um, we need to pour into these people because they're kind of Ignored. I mean, you know, you don't really want to pour into people knowing they're going to leave in a couple of years or a couple of months in some cases. And so the Lord laid on them his vision to to equip them uh, with the gospel that they might take that then with them through the military. And, of course, that original idea comes from Paul uh, witnessing to the Praetorian Guard and and that mm-hmm. going through the Roman army. And so um, their vision was to reach all of the Marine Corps bases um, around the world, and they started out, like I said, in 2011, and then ended up in uh, North Carolina, made their way across the country to Southern California, and all the way out to the islands of Japan. So the vision mm. is is really growing, and so I entered into the, the, the process by God's hand, for sure, by just um, being in the same place uh, at the same time as these guys. They shared the, the dream with me, the vision, and Man, I knew right away we needed to be a part of that. So long story short, God called me together with John Ransom, as you mentioned. Yes. We partnered together to plant the church in 2014, right outside of Camp Pendleton. And uh, so we've been going for, uh, coming up on six years now, and it's been quite a journey. Six years, man. Time's flying. How, how did you uh, how did you meet these guys in the first place? I mean, we talk about divine timing, and it just never ceased to amaze me how the Lord lines everything up to put the right people in the right places and for you to be there at the right time. Yeah, right. So check this out. I'm, I'm in Quantico for work, just a, like a 48-hour conference. And my wife is at a church meeting back here in Oceanside. She starts having a conversation with a guy who is rarely there on staff meetings because he's bivocational. He says, hey, I need to connect Trace with, with these guys in, in Quantico. They're doing this great thing. And she's like, he's in Quantico right now. So I get a phone call from this guy named Clint. He goes, hey, you know what? I don't know you. You don't know me, but we both know this guy named Jared, and we should meet. (laughs) (laughs) So we had lunch. On my way to the airport, we had lunch. That's where they shared the vision, and they just like a fire hose information, like 30 minutes. (laughs) And they left that meeting thinking they would never hear from me again. They're like, that guy's just scared off. (laughs) I left going, wow, God, you are good. Yes. Little did they know yes. <laughs> what they're meant for. You know, you, you have a remarkable calling, and a lot of time we don't give justice to the military uh, in San Diego. And, you know, we, we acknowledge that they're here, and, and they help our economy immensely in many ways. But we don't really take a lot of time really considering their emotional or their spiritual state. And to have somebody come alongside these people, you know, here they are in a—, a you know, San Diego is different from Midwest and some of the other areas where m- many of these uh, young people are coming from. And to have them acclimated and pointed in the right direction is an amazing thing. We've got uh, zero time left in this segment, so stay with us. We're going we're gonna to excavate this in greater detail. And my friend, if you have military in San Diego or or um, or, or that 
that that are married to the you know in a, in a military family, you might want to listen to this uh, vision because this is really going to. Uh, encourage a lot of people that are are in the military here, don't know where to go, what to do. This is going to be one of the answers to those problems when Trace Martinez, pastor of the church name is Pillar Church Church in Oceanside and Alex Bush, the not former (laughs) Marine, but retired Marine. And I, when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And indeed, we are back again. You know, my friends, servicemen and women here in San Diego they really understand the phrase one nation under God and rightly so because that's what they are called to protect this nation uh, they're sworn to protect so the question is how does this phrase under God really play a role in their individual lives even when they you know punch out from the Marine Corps their, their day at work and and how do they live their lives under God as uh, uh, as they continue their lives and that's an interesting question and I know that uh, co-host Alec Bush uh, wants to pepper his friend and pastor Trace Martinez of the Pillar Church in Oceanside with this because both of them have a heart for the military. So, Alex, do your thing. Absolutely. So, yeah, protecting our Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. I mean, what are, Trace, what are some of the challenges that you see with uh, these young men and women that are, I guess you could say, that are having a hard time? Maybe they reconcile, I hate to sound grim, but things like, Kill versus murder. I know when we go into military, there is the possibility of going on a combat deployment and that split-second decision of having to kill the enemy or vice versa. That's a good question. You know, um, being in a primarily military context, we we come up against that often because people wrestle that. You know, Christians are are trying to walk that line of of walking in obedience to the Lord and, and walking in obedience to the commandments and also knowing that they are under a, a set of authorities that are then issuing orders. And so uh, I think the struggle really comes for people that um, don't fully understand the, the difference between the two. And we help them just to try to kind of parse that out and, and recognizing um, what the difference is, you know, perhaps between um, thou shalt not murder, and 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 then Absolutely. the obedience of walking under authority. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. And it's interesting that you uh, you talk about people being men and women of authority. It seems that there, it's it doesn't seem to be a better atmosphere for learning about structure and authority in the in the army of the Lord and the military. Is there any kind of teaching that goes on as far as that stuff goes within Pillar Church Oceanside? Yeah, there are a lot of overlaps. I've realized, having spent so long in the Marine Corps, that you know you got folks coming in that fall into line in certain ways. Um, but also, we have to do some reteaching, and that we have to let people know that there is a way to to lead people well. There is a way to encourage people. You know, in the military, it's I'm going to tell you to do this, and you're going to do it, and sure. I don't have to explain it, and you just do whatever you do. And so. Um, there, there is some refinement along the way, but most people are quick to understand. Like, okay, this is not this is not the Marine Corps, this is not the military, and and uh, I'll, I'll walk 
I'll walk the walk and I'll talk the talk when it's time to do that. Leadership and also sounds like a type of uh, type of followership that's going on. Yeah. And so, what would you say are when it comes to all this, some of the typical anxiety or if there are even any anxieties that that come with all this? Is this the anxiety of being displaced from surroundings that are that are uh, that are familiar to them, and now they're in this new area? Yeah, hugely, man. Um, as you know, most of the the military is in their first enlistment uh, of active forty. Right. So you're looking at 18 to 21, 22 year old folks away from home for the first time, and a lot of them are, are coming in in single and getting married quickly. And so to add to that mm. now, the challenge of having a young family and then having to leave and go out for a training exercise or a deployment. So I think a lot of the anxieties exist around. Um, that newness of surroundings and whether or not, I mean, they're not battle tested uh, in, in any, sure. in the military or in, in the family arena. And so there is some anxiety there. Of what is this really going to look like? And will my family be okay when I'm away? And, and, and <laughs> when we're together, you know, how do we relate when I've been gone for so long? So there, there are a lot of hurdles that the average person doesn't really have to come up against. Mm-hmm. So you talked about the majority of the people that are, in the military, which we all know, it's they're in their first enlistment. Does that also hold true to your particular congregation? Um, we have a good balance. I think the Lord has been good to us in that we have been able to bring folks in from the community that are either non-military affiliated or, or retirees from the military. So thankfully, we've got some, some continuity there. But we do have a, a large group of uh, first-termers or the guys that are on their first enlistment and and in that category, we just described young married uh, away from home for the first time. And so we, we have a heart specifically for them because, you know, they do face some unique challenges. Absolutely. And it seems to me because there are San Diego County specifically, there are several bases. It's easy to do that as, as you and I know at the West Coast shuffle where you could just go to Camp Pendleton, to Miramar, to MCRD. Now, we talk about the Marine Corps. Is this something that's exclusive to the Marine Corps, or are other <laughs> branches of the service welcome? It's funny. You, you kind of chuckle <laughs> at that, but if you would have been at the meeting when we initially started the conversation to explore an Army base as one of our potential targets, <laughs> man, the Marines in the, in the room just piped up. But we, we quickly realized that you know this is much bigger than us, and God is right. at work. So, yeah, we have one right outside of Fort Belvoir in Virginia, and oh, then cool. Pillar Okinawa is primarily Air Force and Army. So, yeah, we're, huh. we're seeing the bigger picture now, by God's grace. Pri- oh, that's interesting. Okinawa, primarily Army and Air Force. Yeah. Yeah, so they're right side outside of uh, Gate 2 Street of Kadena. So yeah. So I park on Kadena and walk right out. Oh, that's really no, that's really interesting. That, sorry, I'm kind of—that sort of threw me for a loop there, because as those of us that have been to Okinawa know that it's just— Okinawa is just all kinds of Marine Corps bases. And then you got Gadeen Air Force Base and then Torrey Stations, the only, which is really small, small army base there. So, and that's the only pillar church that's in Okinawa. And then you got one here. I'm assuming there's one in Oahu in Hawaii. There was one, and we had some some challenges there. We we pressed pause on the work. We intend to go back, but yeah, we we definitely want to do um, our work there as well. There's uh, a, a new church in 29 Palms out in um, in the Mojave Desert. Um, okay. And we, um, the best exciting thing for us is that we are getting ready to plant 
uh, a second church. We planted Pillar Okinawa. Technically, we sent them out. <laughs> yes. We're building up a team to send them down and plant Pillar San Diego. So they're actually going to be this fall, Lord willing, planting in Tierra Santa, targeting uh, Murphy Canyon, which you may not know is the largest off-base military housing area in the world. Mm. Now, somebody very close to you is is kind of, I don't know if they're spearheading that or they're going to be a pretty big part of that, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that correct? Somebody very close, as in my son? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on the core team. He's on the core team down there, and he's going to be helping to lead some worship. And so I'm really, I'm really excited just to see you know, God using him. He's been in, in church plans for the last 10 years or so. Mm. And just to see God using him in that way. And, you know, he doesn't have a military background, but he certainly does by extension of, of being moved around. the country Absolutely. Yeah. Young child. Absolutely. Being subjected to moving all that. But mm-hmm. I guess one good thing about that is you could say you have friends from all over the world. So when we talk about changes in the military, we say PCS permanent change of station. Is there, are, are there changes of commands with, the pastors at these pillar churches or like, are you going to be up in Oceanside for the foreseeable future? Yeah. The, the, the way that we have kind of set things up is there's, there's a, a, a pair of guys that go out. We always plant in pairs and the intention is for going out by two. So dig it. Yeah. One of them um, to be sort of the long-term guy and um, the other kind of branch off and, and eventually plant. We, we want to see spiritual multiplication and, we want to continue to plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. So um, that's not the, you know, the only way of doing it, um, but that's certainly the way that we have found um, very effective. Very effective. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we've got about a minute and a half left here before we got to go to commercial break, but that's just, that's, that's good to hear that you're there for the foreseeable future. And is there, are there opportunities where you get to go to different pillar churches to preach? Yeah, especially here um, in Southern California. Now that we have other pillars kind of popping up on the radar for a while, it was just us. And, you know, that wasn't really a practicality for us. But now that we are you know, expanding that bubble, so to speak, we, we have um, been trading the pulpit, if you will, you know, with the Absolutely. 29 Palms. We certainly intend to do that with Pillar San Diego. They'll be much closer. And so usually when, when guys come you know, there, there's some of the, the pastors have been active duty in the past and, and they would come out here, you know, on, on temporary orders and we'd have them preach or lead some element uh, of the service. So we definitely, man, it's a brotherhood. Like I've never been with a tighter group of guys, mm. the, the men that, that lead the churches within the project. And it is, it is super encouraging. Anytime that we get together is, is just awesome to hear what God is doing. And um, yeah, we have a, a shared burden, right? And so we, we definitely... Yeah. Um, want to share that pulpit too, because that that's important. You know, we, we highlight a, what we call a church planner of the week. And so, you know, the average person in our congregation hasn't been to Quantico or Camp Lejeune or all these other Marine Corps bases. And so we, you know, flash a picture up and say, Hey, this is Colby Gorman and his wife, and they're at Pillar Dumfries. And here's how we can pray for them this week. So there's definitely an idea of family and, and, um, you know, because somebody will get orders and perhaps go, and it won't be the first time they see their face when they walk in the door. That's fantastic. Well, we are used to hearing about the official word about something, but getting personal testimony is even better and more real. So up next, me, Alex J. Bush, and Kaz will invite Pastor Trace to recall some stirring testimonies about the Lord from local servicemen and women when we come right back. 
You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it at 866 577 2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back. Yes, indeed, Alex Bush, co-host and producer, is back with me, along with our call-in guest pastor and lover of servicemen and women, Trace Martinez, and Pillar Church in Oceanside. He's here as well. You know, Alex, um, I know you being in the military, you really understand the challenge sometimes of balancing the Lord and your duty and mm. if you know and family issues as well but this is an issue that's similar to other military people in San Diego I know there's some questions that you wanted to ask uh, about Pastor Tracy in regards to that so uh, have at it yeah absolutely so we're not in the midst of the black plague right now although <laughs> you turn on the TV you may you may think that so we definitely could use some good news right now we're Talking about casting out demons, uh, the sick being healed, the dead being raised. So what you got for us, Trace? What's what's happening at Pillar Church? Families being restored? Lay it on us. Yeah, no, God is is definitely at work. And even, as you say, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic. Uh, that does not stop the hand of the Lord from doing just great work. Amen. And, you know, I, I think one of the... One of the biggest ways that we see God working is in one of the ways that is, I think, most affected within our community, and that is within the in the home and the families. There, there's just there's so many challenges and so many unique circumstances that just make things hard in the home. And um, one of them is just you know the the ethos, if you will, of of the military is just go go go, give give give. You're never mm. going to get to a point where somebody, uh, you know, in your chain of command says, okay, you've given enough, you know, we're good now. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're going to go and they're going to take and they're going to take. And yeah, Always taking. Yeah, that's right. And, and you just keep giving. And, um, and so that can create an imbalance. And so we've seen a couple of guys, you know, um, come to us from, you know, other places in the military and, and really focused on career, you know, which is, is important. But we've we've heard testimonies of guys, particularly one in, in recent history, just really look at how differently guys are living their lives, mm. how they're loving their family as their first ministry, and um, just a, a radical change in, in one particular gentleman's heart, but just a realization like, wow, I can't believe I've been giving so much to this thing that is going to keep going if I just step away from it tomorrow, and my family which uh, nobody can replace me. Nobody can be me and my family. Right. Um, to see that modeled, you know, in the church, um, and then for them to to take heed of that and to see the spirit working in them. And so we're seeing marriages, you know, um, really come to life and really begin to bear a lot of fruit mm. in, in the way in which they're loving each other and loving their kids. And it's just exciting to see. You know, we wish I to tell guys, you know, when you take out that uniform, Whatever you invested in the Marine Corps is in the past, but whatever you invested in your family as you're wearing that uniform, yeah. what you're going to be left with when you take it off. Yeah, the analogy that I heard one time, it, it's it's like having a bucket of water and you, the Marine Corps being the bucket of water, you stick your hand in there. And then when you leave the Marine Corps, it's like you taking your hand out of the bucket of water. It's just the water's still there. 
there, the only thing I may be missing are a couple of drops, but yeah, exactly. Your your family is still there, and it's not a matter. It's not like you're being selfish when you're looking out for number one. You know, the other example being losing cabin pressure in an airplane. They want you to put your oxygen mask on first because if your brain's starved of oxygen, you're not going to be able to complete the simplest of tasks, let alone complex tasks like helping out other people. So it's, yeah, the, the fo- focusing on the family absolutely is important. Yeah, you know what? Um, if, if your listeners aren't familiar with kind of the the real sort of real life version of the military, it's it's a pretty pretty difficult place uh, spiritually you know there there's a lot of of things going on um, under the radar um, and even sometimes very blatantly in terms of you know just the way in which um, sexual promiscuity pornography all those kinds of things are just kind of the norm and and so we see a lot of guys that um, fall into that trap as well and just really struggle when that's the the kind of the going of the the masses to get sucked into that. And so we've also seen a lot of guys really come to terms with, um, with some, some real struggles with those kinds of of sexual temptations and, and, and sin. And um, a couple guys, really, uh, one particular gentleman, I remember he was on deployment. He kept emailing us and telling us, I am just, I'm blowing it out here. I am, I'm, I'm dying. Like I, I just can't break free from this pornography addiction. So he took the hard drive of his computer, went to the edge of the ship, and literally threw it into the Indian Ocean. <laughs> hey, you gotta, like, all right, brother. Yeah, gotta gotta, <laughs> gotta do gotta do what you gotta do. Whatever. <laughs> and that that absolutely works. Uh, so we talk about deployments. Do you um, do you have things have kind of slowed down as far as Iraq and Afghanistan? Do you still have guys that are going on or gals going on deployments and coming back? We do. You know, we still have that uh, rotation of guys going out out of a MU, a Marine Expeditionary Unit. And so usually somebody is training for um, or on or just getting back. <laughs> That's kind of the, one of the three categories that people are in. And, and so, yeah, we, we've got folks going out. we got some people in Australia right now. got some people in the UAE. And, of course, training exercises all over, the, all over the world as well. So, yep, deployment is a very real thing. Trace, uh, when, when you minister to these uh, servicemen, obviously they have, as you and Alex mentioned, there's different facets. You know, there's when you're assigned to, you know, your city, you, you, you have a different mentality than when you're going out uh, on deployment. And so does your, the manner in which you present the gospel to these people change a little bit when you know that they're going to be more on a daily basis in harm's way? I mean, how, how do you minister to these people? That's a great question. We, we want to be real with people. We want to be frank with them. And something that we've learned, you know, over these six years is that we don't have the luxury of, of taking our time. You know, these people are going to be here six months, 12 months, 18 months or whatever. So we really try to get, in quick. <laughs> we we want to make sure that they are absolutely equipped to be able to live out the gospel and then share the gospel boldly, which can be a challenge in uniform uh, because there are there are actual, you know, regulations that that inhibit some of that, but you know, we we want guys that are going out on deployment to be properly equipped and so we send them out with um books, we send them out with um sermons to listen to, we send them out hopefully as um chaplain sponsored like lay leaders to be able to do that we want them to be as active in their faith as possible because we know that 
six weeks in, eight weeks, 12 weeks in, it's, it's tough. People are, are missing home. They're challenged, you know, all around them and they can get, they can get swept away pretty easily. So we want them to be bold quickly and effectively. Yes. And, and you're really running the gamut of different, uh, different, some of them are officers, some of them, them are enlisted. So is there a different way that you communicate with one than the other? I mean, some are more inclined to the, uh, what do you want to say, the disciplines of the military and some of the... It's okay, st- Kaz. You could say some of them have a steady diet of crayons. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, your manner of presentation has to vary a little bit as well, doesn't it? You know, that that's a good point. I, I, I think we try to be careful with um, the folks that are in our congregation that come from different walks of life. And there is a, a pretty, pretty thick line down that um, aisle between officer enlisted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so we, we do, we do uh, try not to blur the lines too much in terms of people um, that are maybe in the same unit and those kinds of things. But generally speaking, we, we come at it fairly similarly. We, we, we know that when, when push comes to shove, you know, we're brothers in Christ first and most of the folks get that and, and they, they can put on the hat when it's time to put it on and take it off when it's time to take it off. But, you know, we're, we're pretty, pretty equal i think across the board and how we how we how we speak to them and 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 how we expect them to speak you know on god's behalf yes. to their brothers and sisters in arms yeah remembering who you represent yes pastor trace martinez uh, pillar church in oceanside i'm going to give you a little challenge here to as we enter into the commercial break i'm going to ask you to take 30 seconds or so to to encourage there are a lot of listeners who are connected to the military one way or another and sometimes there's anxiety attached to that, whether it's a family member that's going out on, you know, enlisted and going out, out uh, being deployed, or or, uh, or someone that you know, or this a family member, I want you to be a voice of compassion to these people that have to face the fact that their loved one may be going over deployment for a period of time, and how God can intervene in the midst of that. Spend about thirty seconds, and then we'll take the entire last segment, uh, tightening down all these things that we we've all the cans of worms. <laughs> that we've opened in the, in the earlier portions of the show. So would you be the voice of compassion and consolation, uh, Pastor Trace? Absolutely, yeah. And I think the first thing to acknowledge is that the threat is real. There is a very r- real physical threat and a very real uh, spiritual threat. And so we need to come to terms with the fact that, you know, we are sending our loved ones out into a dangerous uh, setting. Mm -hmm. And so um, we can't be fools to think that, you know, that that, that's not the fact. And so I would encourage people to, to really begin to cultivate a a life of prayer, of reliance upon, upon the Holy Spirit um, to sustain you as you're keeping the home fires burning, as you are interceding for those that are on the forward edge in prayer daily on your knees for them. Mm. Um, and then for those that are out there to, again, not forget who they are and who they represent and, and look for those opportunities to be bold in their faith. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to and, and, and leaving it in the Lord's hand to say, God, your will be done. Uh, our desires for them to come home safely and to, and to be healthy. Um, but we know God that um, you ultimately are in control and we're going to walk in, in mm. obedience and grace. We're going to talk more about this and how to pray with impact over our military here in San Diego and beyond. And uh, we've got one more segment to do this. So uh, co-host and producer Alex Bush, 
and uh, Trace Martinez of Pillar Church in Oceanside. We will be right back. <laughs> More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hey, my friends. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. I'm going to give a scripture to you, and we're going to use that as our springboard into this last segment of Come Together San Diego. We're talking about looking at through a microscope on what's going on in San Diego County, and we're focusing specifically in the military. And so we're asking ourselves the question on how do we properly minister to the military here? And, you know, there's a scripture in Proverbs 25, 11. It says that words fitly spoken are as apples of gold and pictures of silver. So I'm going to really induce my uh, co-host, Alex Bush, <laughs> and producer, Alex Bush, uh, to come along with uh, Pastor Trace Martinez of Pillar Church in North County and have them answer the question in light of praying for our military. What does it mean to offer words fitly spoken? And Alex, I'm going to hand it to you, and I'm going to let you interact with uh, Pastor Trace. One of the things that keeps coming to my mind, is it's... It's a word that I have for other people, but it's mostly a word for myself, and it's not growing weary and of doing good. Uh, and it's been extraordinarily difficult for me within the last week, as I shared with you before before being on the air. But uh, but I know that could also be that could also be difficult in the military when you do see when you are in this environment uh, that isn't exactly the best for families, where you have these families that are constantly being uprooted and moved and relocated and i know with trees if you do that too much you plant them water them uproot them put them somewhere else mm. lather rinse repeat the, uh, the the trees can eventually die die of shock except, yes. for, except for palm trees those are really weird but that's just but plastic plants i've always, always had good plastic plants good fortune with plastic plants yeah, good for the environment <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but just not growing weary of doing good what do you got trace that's funny you should say that, Alex. Um, that was one of our prayer points at our uh, corporate prayer meeting just this, this past Wednesday. That's the groove. That's how I operate. You know that, Trace. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right on the money, man. And particularly for those brothers and sisters that are believers that are wearing the the nation's uniform, it can't go understated in what you're doing and how you are representing Christ. You know, I joined the Marine Corps. I was not a Christian. I I saw believers walking their faith out boldly, people like you and others, that was compelling and led me to begin to ask questions, and the Holy Spirit worked through that. So my word of encouragement is to those that are, that are in the trenches fighting the fights to continue to stay the course. Don't grow weary in, in doing good. To, to know that, yeah, you might, you might be made fun of. You might um, not get invited to this thing or that, but what you're doing is going to have a kingdom impact, and and man, that there is no greater, <laughs> no greater opportunity and privilege than doing that. Yeah, and just trace the amount of growth and maturity that I've seen in you and the missus and your kids over just over all these years that I've that I've known you. It's just it's it's nothing less than exceptional, and and I keep thinking I don't know the exact uh, verse, but Paul's talking about you know basically, and I'm 
paraphrasing, all you heathens out there doing whatever it is that you're doing, what do you have to show for it? And I, I look at you and Christy, you have a great, your family is fantastic. It's thriving. You're leading a church congregation that's also thriving. I mean, to name a couple of things, I mean, you have plenty to show for it. Now, the Lord is faithful, man. He's definitely good to us. And, you know, we we say often, you know, church is not like family. It is family. And, and so uh, I feel as though the people that are here in San Diego that are not natives, they're here by orders of, of the, the United States government, man, get involved right now. Like you, as I mentioned earlier, don't have the luxury of being here for mm. an extended period of time. And you can sit on the sidelines and watch things go by. So uh, another word of encouragement is just get involved. And, and for the churches, don't be a military-friendly fam- uh, military church. Be a, a military-focused church if oh. you're able mm. to do that. Really make that distinction. Selah. My, my, my. You know, it, when you come here, especially if you're by yourself or your family's by themselves, you feel like you need to do it alone. You don't realize that there are people to your left and to your right that would like to come alongside of you and help. And so that is one thing that my listening friend here in, in San Diego County, if there's a military person whom you know, uh, spend a little bit more time to ingratiate yourself to them so that they know that they have somebody. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be preaching the gospel and pulpit pounding. You have to show your gospel ministry by the actions that you do rather than the mm. word declarations or, or you know, the scriptural this or the scriptural that. It's lifestyle ministry. Yeah, what does St. Francis of Assisi say? Uh, I preach the gospel, and sometimes I use words. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Trace, we have a couple minutes left in this segment. How do you want to close out what you wanted to say to our listeners in San Diego County in light of the military? Is there something you want to give as far as you, a website information for what's going on and a kind of a parting word, and then I'll let Alex do the same as we draw this Wonderful hour to close. Yeah, well, I, I definitely want to thank you guys both for having me on the show. It's been a privilege, and I'm grateful for what you guys are doing and and being a light here in San Diego. As you guys are probably well aware, we are we are so unchurched here. We are 90 percent uh, plus, you know, um, and unchurched, um, and so there's a huge need. There is a huge need for people to to be ready to to give that account that you talked about and to, and to stay faithful in what God is doing here in San Diego. And um, in terms of, of resources, you know, for us, we, we're, we're on, on, on the internet, like everybody else, uh, pillaroceanside.com. But um, for the military listeners, if you go to praetorianproject.org, praetorian, like the praetorian guard, praetorianproject.org, you'll see where all the different churches are. And so mm. part of our, our desire is, to not just pour into people here, but to ensure continuity of spiritual care as they permanently change station to, say, Quantico, Virginia, or Okinawa, Japan. And so, you know, we're in constant contact with other those pastors at those pillar locations. So we hand guys off from, from place to place, and, and we want to make sure that people know that there is a place that's ready, that's ready to meet your needs, understands the difficulties that you face, and we're, we're ready to to do life with you and 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 get you equipped to go and and be the hands and feet of Jesus wearing that uniform. Well, Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I just I just thank the Lord for you and your level of obedience and you having stepped into your calling. I don't know if you were the first person that uh, that the Lord chose, but 
Thank the Lord that you're the last that he's, that he's choosing for uh, <laughs> to, to take on this. My, my, my. Mm-hmm. Pastor Trace Martinez, Pillar Church, North County, actually Oceanside. Alex Bush, my dear friend and one of the two producers that we have on mm. this show, and also now co-host as well. Good job. And uh, Pastor Trace, thank you so much for joining us, because what a vital message as we take a microscope into San Diego and see what God is doing on a kind of a a, a closer-in level rather than just saying a broad brushstroke of San Diego County. Military is a vital part of that. So thank you both for uh, joining on this show of Come Together San Diego. It's been fun. And actually, the first segment, we took a microscope of what was God was doing in unity, not only in San Diego County, but in Utah with a ministry called Stand Standing Together Utah. And then we transitioned into what God is doing here in San Diego County in the military and how God is comforting the military through people like Pastor Trace Martinez and the Pillar Church and uh, Alex Bush, co-host. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. My friends, uh, this has been an inspired two hours here on Come Together San Diego. We'll have much more things like this in future shows. So I want you to be uplifted by the message that God cares about you and everything that's happening. You realize that he will tweak this to your benefit if you entrust him to do so. So for all the Come Together San Diego team, I am here to say we'll see you next week and God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.